Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning. It is great to be here. But before I start, I think it'd be really good to have a pause. And we're going to pray together, okay? Lord Jesus, thank you that you cared so much for me, that you stepped down from heaven and literally entered the mess. Thank you that you offer to shoulder my mess and forgive me for when I've caused mess to others. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming the greatest Christmas gift. And thank you that you offer yourself so freely. Amen. Yes, Sim is correct. I'm glad he didn't really encapsulate my reaction because it wasn't great. There was a few stamping feet going on and like, there is no way I'm going to speak on a way in a manger. I've done a little bit of research. A way in a manger was from 1885. No one knows who wrote it. And I do think, Hannah, though, that was an absolutely beautiful rendition. So I might have slightly changed my mind after this morning. But my least favourite carol, yes, it is true, is Away in a Manger. Two reasons why. Firstly, the line, no crying, the baby Jesus meant. Those who are around children... No, that is certainly not true. It is one of the biggest Christmas lies in a carol. It is certainly not a clean scene. And it was a mess. The other reason was probably about 19 years ago, my son, Simeon, my youngest son, came home from school to announce he had the star part in the nativity play. Joseph! I was literally bouncing around the house. My son was a prodigy. He was going to play Joseph. I got to school very early in my best attire. I took a seat in the front row by the headmistress. I was going to be the mother of Joseph. I had to start part in this performance. And things were going well. On the stage, Mary and Joseph, Simi was sat there looking very sweet and angelic. They had the baby Jesus in Mary's arms. And the song, Away in a Manger, was being sung. At which point, Simi decided to wrestle the baby Jesus away from Mary. (laughs) Gave her a backhander and stood. She did her best. She was quite feisty, was Mary. And she struggled, but in the end gave up. And he had a very strong grip on the baby Jesus. This point, I was slightly sliding down my chair thinking, what else could happen? Yes, you've guessed it. Things got worse from there. We got to the line in the carol. 
the baby Jesus asleep on the hay. And Simi decided he would like the baby Jesus to wake up. And he placed two fingers in the eyes of the baby Jesus and opened the eyes and decided to stare straight at me with the baby Jesus. At which... I've got a very um, sanitised baby Jesus today. The clothes fell off the baby Jesus and he was naked, looking straight at me with a lovely angelic smile on his face. The next night, they did the same thing, but there was no baby Jesus in the play at all. And so I went home with my head light. You so down. When you have kids, you certainly get your pride knocked out of you. Well, I've got four kids. I get it knocked out of me quite regularly, but there we are. So that is why, etched in my memory, I do not have good memories of that carol. But Sim asked me to speak on it, and I reread the carol. And there is a phrase, I wonder if you've heard it five times throughout that carol. Anybody listening to the words this morning knows what that phrase is? Five times. I can, can I hear someone say it? Not, yeah, it is. It's the little Lord Jesus is said five times in the carol. And so this morning, we're going to look at the baby Jesus. Not just the dear seven pounds, three ounce baby Jesus. There's so much more to what God intended. Rather than focusing on the size of the baby, I want to focus on the Lordship of Christ. And the key thought is Jesus is Lord. In fact, 740 times I counted them all. In the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as Lord. And in the very first mention of Jesus' birth, we see him called Lord. And I'd like to read this passage, if you put it up, from Matthew. Luke, in fact. The angel, this is to the shepherds, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The big question is, what does that mean to us today? If Jesus is Lord, what does that mean to our everyday life? in our relationships, in our family, in our workplace? What does it mean to make Jesus your Lord? In Greek, the word Lord is translated as kurios. This word means supreme in authority, controller. Now, I can imagine for some of us, the word controller is going to be a challenge. Because if Jesus is the controller, he's got some competition in us. Because we want to be in control, whether it's how my day might go, this way or that. Or if you are a list maker, 
don't mess with my list today. Well, what does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of our life? Technically, we don't make Jesus Lord. God made him Lord a long time ago. He is already Lord. We don't make him Lord. What we do is surrender to what already is. We surrender our lives to his lordship. We surrender to the only one who is really in control. We surrender to the Lord. And this morning I'm going to talk about two different levels of surrender. The first one is the partially surrendered life. The casual Christian, the cultural Christian, or those who believe in God but live as if he doesn't exist. God does not want lip service. He wants life service. God does not want lip service. He wants life service. There's a poster Beth used to have on her wall when she was growing up which said, don't just talk the talk, you know it, walk the walk. And the partially surrendered life is saying, I believe Jesus is Lord, but I still want to be in control. I want to do what I want to do. And so before long, we end up practically by the way we live with a pick and mix attitude to the Bible, God's word. You know, when it comes to relationships, Jesus says, I'm supposed to pray for those who hurt me and forgive them. But there's no way I can just forget that. I know when it comes to my money, I'm supposed to trust God and give 10%. 10%? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. No way. And when it comes to my own time and the way I live, I'm supposed to let Jesus be in control. Well, I'll give him my Sundays now and again when I'm not too tired, but I'm not giving him my Friday and Saturday nights. It's the partially surrendered life. And I don't know if you can turn that back. Thank you very much. We're going to look at a verse from the partially surrendered version of the Bible. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Lean on your own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge him. And you can make your own path straight. And you know, we might laugh, but actually that happens. And don't worry, partially surrendered version is not a true version of the Bible. I've taken a bit of liberty there. Let's take a moment. Let's be open with God this morning and ask the question, what have I not surrendered to the Lord what area of my life am I still trying to control? And let's put a name on it. Children, the future, jobs, relationships. 
What is it that you've not surrendered to the Lordship of Christ? For me, it was my fear of letting Jesus control my future. Um, About 18 months ago, I gave up a job I really loved, a teaching job. And I did it because God was niggling me to do it. My identity was really tied up in my job. And he gently prized my fingers off that job, allowing me to retire and do new things that he's putting in my path. It wasn't easy, and it isn't easy to come under the Lordship of Jesus, but it's the best way to live our lives. Jesus is not a part-time Lord, and he does not want part-time followers. And so now I'm going to ask us to stop for a minute and have a bit of time where we shut our eyes and maybe even now something will come to mind that Jesus is not Lord of. Courage to name those things we control, not God. Yes, Father, we just thank you, you are Lord. We just pray now, you bring to mind, you drop to mind some things that we need to ask you to be Lord of. Amen. Let's talk about another level of surrender. And that's what Jesus wants for us. The fully surrendered life. When Jesus shed his blood and died for us, he offered the availability of a free gift to us, salvation. Salvation costs us nothing, but it costs Jesus everything. When we say yes to it, we no longer own the rights to our life. We belong to him. We surrender to his lordship. We are no longer the controller. He's not just a seven-pound, three-ounce baby Jesus, the little Lord Jesus in the manger. He's not just the Lord Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. He is the soon-returning, conquering King of kings, Lord of lords, and he means business. Don't just say, Lord, and then do what you want with our lives. If you are a Christian, do do not belong to us, okay? Let's take a look at Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. In a real version, you'll be glad to hear. And this is what it really says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all. In all. All your ways acknowledge him. And he will, he will make your paths straight. The word acknowledge here is not a great translation. And in the Hebrew language, this word is, the word used for acknowledge is the word yada. The same word which means to know. It's the same word that describes the intimate relationship with Adam knowing Eve in Genesis. 
And so I like to read this version as this. In all your ways, know him. In all your ways, know him, and he will make your paths straight. Here is the real centre of the issue. Perhaps so many of us do not surrender certain areas of our life to the Lordship of Christ. It's because we don't know him in that area of our life. To know him is to love him. To know him is to trust and surrender to him. When you know him, you know he is ever-present, all-knowing, all-powerful and good in every way. And I'm going to end with probably one of the most challenging verses I certainly find in the New Testament. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply... I never knew you. Jesus is saying here, we're not in a relationship with him. He says, you give me lip service, but we didn't know each other. There is no intimacy. You called me Lord, but you didn't do what I said. And as Christmas approaches, let's take a moment over Christmas, before 2020 starts, to name the things Jesus is not Lord over in our lives. And I'd like us now to shut our eyes, and I'm going to pray over us. As you shut your eyes, if you want to raise your hand, because you now can think of things already Jesus is not Lord of, and you want to make a fresh start, please raise your hands and I'm going to pray this prayer over us this morning. Maybe there are some here who have never accepted Jesus as Lord. This is the time. Raise your hands and I will pray over you this morning. Thank you. So keep your eyes shut and we'll pray this together. Father God, I want to know you as my personal Saviour and Lord. I surrender to you. Forgive me. I want to know you more as Lord. I want to open every area of my life to you and make you Lord. And I give you all those areas of my life that you are not in control of. Right now. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. And Spirit, Help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. Amen.
For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.